When we read God's word, we shall all read it properly, sit up properly and read God's word with respect, okay? So we read from verses 1 to 7, John chapter 16, verses 1 to 7. Let's all read God's word with reverence and honour. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. Verse 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. If, if I go not away, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's turn to him in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing the students back into our midst safely. Thank you for keeping them. And Lord, we pray as we gather before you tonight, you would search our hearts. Father, you know wherein we have sinned against you. Lord, we know we have sinned in one way or another. In speech, in thoughts, in actions, show to us. Lord, we want to confess. We want to repent. Lord, we want to have unbroken fellowship with you every moment of the day. Father, we pray now as we study your word, Lord, you would... Help us to concentrate, help everyone not to have distracting thoughts. And Lord, we pray as we study about our Saviour and His heart. Lord, may You draw us to love Him more and more. Pray for the preaching of Your Word, grant clarity, grant help, O Lord, empower, that Your children may be encouraged, strengthened, rebuked. Lord, use tonight's Bible study in every group to um, increase the faith of each one and to build the foundation for Your Church. Lord, be with us in this house of thine tonight. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so now, we covered a little bit of chapter 16, but we um, will go into a bit more detail. Now, before that, I have to keep emphasizing the context, right? Um, because from the context, we will have a nice picture, a clear picture of why Christ said many things he said, okay? Um, so, what was the context, those that were here? Um, Brenda, did, were you here? No? Okay, so good excuse. Uh, Shandre, what was the context? This, this is a long conversation that Christ was having with his disciples, and what was the context? What was the background? Alright, the Lord was going to leave them. He was going to the cross very, very soon. This was his um, last moments with his disciples, right? Okay, what else? So that was what the Lord was going to do. What about the disciples? Anyone remember? Um, Elaine? Uh, they were afraid. They were afraid, alright? They were afraid. So fear was one of the emotions. What are the emotions? Um, Shane? Uh, no, Shane. Uh, Shane's brothers. <laughs> mm -hmm. They were sad. Very good. They were sad. In fact, here you see them. Um, here the Lord actually brought up their sadness again and he mentioned it, right? Um, verse 6, because, But because I have said these things unto you, 
sorrow have filled your heart. What are these things in verse 6? I've told you that I'm going away. I'm going to die. And he also told them another thing, that they were going to suffer as Christians. Then he said, because of that, sorrow has filled your heart. Okay, so that is the background. That, those are the, uh, that's the scene. So this conversation is continuing. It's going to be quite a long conversation, um, very um, intimate um, time between the Lord and the disciples. Many things to learn. So we read from verses 1 to 7. Now I ask you question 1 based on what we have read. How do you feel when, you're, when you hear that you will face persecutions? Now remember what did the Lord tell them? Um, in verse, look at chapter 15. Oh, sorry, chapter 16. Now he says, what did he say to them? He says, verse 2, they shall, those that do not um, like you because you believe in me, they shall put you out of synagogues. They will throw you out of the synagogue. Now, you know what is so significant about being thrown out of the synagogue? Maybe some of you. They will not let you go to church. Maybe you will rejoice. <laughs> will throw you out of the synagogues. Why would that be something that is, um, that would cause them to be sad? Why do you think? Vincent? Mm, important, important places. It's their place of worship. Now, for the Jews, the synagogues, their life revolves around the synagogue. Understand that? It's a major part of their living every day. Um, it is also to them where they get to communicate with God. They get to learn about um, their religion. Okay, their family life revolves around that. It's a bit like um, uh, Shen Rei, Rei Yi, you know. Um, you spend most of your time in church, right? Almost every day is here. And one day we say, we won't let you come to church anymore. You know, that is something that will um, trouble you. Okay, so that is, so they say you'll be thrown out of the synagogues. Yeah, that verse 2, yeah, the time will come where that it gets worse. Um, that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. They will even think that if they kill you, they throw you into a lion's den and they kill you just because you're a Christian, they are doing God a favor. You know how difficult that is? Now, why is this statement so difficult for the disciples to swallow? Why do you think, Kenny? Why so difficult to swallow? They say, when people, they will even think that they are helping God by killing you. Why would that be so difficult for them to accept and would trouble them so much. Brenda. Esther. Um, because many people disobey God. Like many people, really a lot of people want to persecute the disciples. Yeah, they want to persecute the disciples but what is so terrible to say for them to hear that they will think that God, they're doing God a favor? Hannah, why do you think so? Exactly. How to tell them the truth when they think that they are having the truth and they believe in God? So the disciples understood, you know, they have been following the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And they understand that Jesus Christ has been telling them the truth and Jesus Christ is the living and true God. Right or not? And they, they know that their duty is now to go forth and tell people about Christ. Remember in chapter 15, he said, you will do greater works than me, right? They understood you're going far away to preach the gospel. They know that they're going to do a lot of work for God. And God is sending them out. Then, he's, then when after you know, all right, 
God is asking you to go and do this and when you do those things, people say, no, we want to kill you because God, God is on our side, not on your side. You know how difficult it is to hear that? So for them to hear that, they were filled with sorrow. Uh, filled with sorrow is going to be a very difficult life. Um, now, so now I ask you, how do you feel when you hear that you, you will face persecution? In other words, maybe you hear um, to live as a Christian in school. Um, actually, you've been hearing that from this church. You want to live a godly life. You will always suffer persecution, right? God says, um, they that will live godly will suffer persecution. If you want to obey God 100%, your friends will mock you. Uh, it will be difficult. Your parents may not like it even. Your Christian friends may even think you are extreme. Are you going for adieu dance? No? Do your friends look at you strange? Yes? Right? Now, so for example, uh, the kids in front, schools have adieu dance. You know what is adieu dance? They actually have dancing, like part of exercise or curriculum. And um, many of these dancers are, are really not um, good at all. It's very sensuous. The other day I was I saw this uh, teenager, maybe about your age, um, um, Jennifer's age, uh, and then there was a sister, maybe Anna's age, and then the older one was dancing like, like very sensuously and teaching the younger one. That's probably adieu dance. That's where they learn it from. It's very difficult. So now the parents said, no, we don't want you to do adieu dance. Now, why, why don't you do adieu dance? Do you do adieu dance? Mm. What, do you have adieu dance in your school? Not sure. Not, sure. Not sure means probably don't have yet. Now, now, what school are you from? Is it a Christian school? It's, it's one of the famous Christian school here. So you imagine you go to school and then you don't want to do edu dance. But before that, okay, you don't want to do edu dance and then your friends in school say, we are Christians, so this is Christian school. Or her parents go to, go to the school and say, we do not want our children to do edu dance. And then the teachers say, we are a Christian school, you know. So even Christians will mock you. Even Christians will make fun of you very difficult, right? Everyone look at you. Everyone's doing adieu dance, the two of you, not doing adieu dance. People will mock you. They say, we are Christians too. So Christians will make it difficult even. But by, by the way, why don't you do adieu dance? Because daddy and mommy says no. Why, Jennifer? Because the songs and the actions are not pleasing to God. Many of the songs are pop songs, rock music. Um, we've covered in detail, right? What's wrong with um, rock music? It's not pleasing to God. And then the movements, not pleasing to God. Now, so if the movements, what's wrong with the movements? It's just movement, the Christians say, it's just movements. So if it's sensual, so it's just movements. It's just a song. It's just for children to exercise. Why would you... Um, Edu dance is where they dance in school, all right? Now, why? Um, Samantha, why do you think Christians should not do edu dance? Or what is very popular in Singapore now, I think it's uh, cheerleading, right? It's another big thing. Cheerleaders, cheerleading. Um, why? Why not? You put out your hand? 
No. <laughs> Why do you think so, Samantha? Very good, because we must keep ourselves pure, right? Now, what is what do God call what does God call our body? He said, keep your body pure. What does God call our body? Uh, Ray. The temple of the Holy Spirit, the temple of God. We are called the temple of God. Now, do you want to take that is why God said then keep it pure. Do you want to take the temple of God and make it um, into one that is like a harlot? No, you don't. Right? Because of those things. Okay, so um, that's why we don't do it. Now, so Christians, when you want to live right, it's very difficult. Come to BPCWA. They say, don't, don't, don't do this, don't go there, don't watch that, don't listen to that. And then your Christian friends are going to make fun of you. So you hear all these things. Very difficult. Um, or when you go out to work soon. Soon you will go out to work. Um, Shane is in the army tomorrow, right? Now, you go to work, you go to the army, but you know that you are going to face a very difficult time. Or you go home for believing in God rightly. How do you feel? Alright, so I described already. How would you feel? Joshua, how would you feel when you hear all these things? Say again? Disturbed, troubled. Disturbed and troubled. Um, Zeda, what about you? When you, when you, how would you feel when you're told, Zada, for being a Christian, you are going to suffer persecution, very difficult life? They do something wrong. No, nothing wrong. It's just for living godly. All right. So now, so Christ say that all these things you will feel. They, it is, it is human. It is human to feel trouble. Right? To, to feel trouble. Uh, but what did Christ tell us to do when, when you go through all these things? Can you look at verses 1 to 7? What do you think? Christ says, yes, all these things are going to happen to you and you are going to be suffering. Verse 4, but I told you these things. The time, will, the time shall come. Now, what does God want us to do when, when we hear these things or we will experience these things? Actually, there are two things. Verse 1, Cornelius, Caleb, or Cornelius? Caleb. 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 Verse 1, what do you think God says not to do? Very good. God said when you hear these things, do not be offended. That's one. What else? There's another thing he says. Anna. See, when I tell you all these things, what about verse 4, Anna? When, the, when all this time, when all this come to you, persecutions, trouble, Very good. Number four, question, uh, verse four. To remember, I've told you these things. Two things. Number one, don't be offended. Number two, remember. Remember that I've told you these things. Now, it is interesting that um, 
the Lord used a certain word. Okay, so those are the two things first. Now we go to number question two first to continue. Now from the word offended, uh, um, Caleb said, don't be offended. Christ said that. Now what is this word offended? Okay, it's difficult for you without the Greek dictionary. Now the word offended um, refers to being um, uh, being troubled to a point that he has the idea of leaving. Okay, um, actually the word is is where we get the English word scandalized. It's like actually trip. You will be tripped over. You will fall down. Right, you fall down, but it has the idea, remember, it has the idea of leaving. You know the word apostatize? Have you heard of the word apostasy? Uh, Brenda, have you heard of the word apostasy? Now, apostasy, the meaning, what's the meaning of apostasy? Apostasy, Hannah, do you know? What's the meaning of apostasy? Say again? Falling away, alright? Apostasy, you can spell it A-P-O-S, for question number two, A-P-O-S, T-A-C-I-S-E, apostatize, alright, fall away. So this word has that idea of fall away, apostatize, alright, the verb form. Apostasy is the noun, okay. Um, now, so what danger do we face when persecution occurs? Here the Lord straight away tell them, now, Please remember these things are verse chapter 16, verse 1. I have spoken unto you that you should not be offended. He said, I'm telling you ahead of time all these things. The reason is because there is a danger. What's the danger? That we might actually leave. Run away from the Christian faith. Okay? We might run away. We might avoid the Christian walk. Christ said, I'm having this long conversation with you. I told you many things and I'm going to tell you many things because I don't want you to run away from your Christian life, from following me. Understand that? Um, when you hear that it's going to be very difficult to be a good Christian, hmm? for example, Zeda, to be a good Christian, God keeps telling us it's difficult. Sometimes there's a temptation in our heart to say, then maybe I don't follow Christ so closely. Maybe I follow my friends, right? Sometimes that, those thoughts come to our mind. In fact, Christ read the heart of all of us. He said there's a danger. Now I ask you today, um, um, Esther, can you think in 10 years' time, when you come out and work, work for very long already, can you imagine yourself not going to church? not studying God's word, not reading, not praying, just going out with other friends um, of the world and um, hardly think about God. In fact, avoid thinking about God. Can you imagine that? No, right? Ah. But God says it is very possible. It is very possible when we don't remember that as long as we want to follow Christ, it will be difficult. Understand that? As long as you have not made up your mind, your heart, Christ is saying, to be an obedient, faithful Christian, you must remember you will suffer persecution. If that is not something that you and I keep remembering, 
right? Cornelius, do you get bullied in school for being a Christian? Not yet. Don't have. No. Okay. Oh, because, yeah. I keep mixing up. Yes, good point. So Caleb, do you get bullied, Caleb, in school? No, but does Cornelius get bullied? No too. Alright, so you're in a good school. Thank God for that. <laughs> good answer. Alright, so now, now I always remember your name. Now, so when, when you suffer these things, when we forget Christ said that it will happen, God says that you and I will leave. We will leave. Okay? Now we think we won't. Now we imagine we won't. But Christ says, I tell you these things so you should not be offended. Please remember that. Um, Anna, do you have Eddie Dance in school? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you have Eddie Dance in school? Now, if for not doing Eddie Dance, for keeping yourself pure, you will lose your friends. God says that you must remember that you may lose your friends. But if you don't realize that, you will end up leaving God and just becoming one of them. Okay, so please remember that. That's what Christ... Now, this whole conversation is going to be a lot about this. Okay, let's move. Um, so God wants us to remember. Every time you're going to face trouble for, being, for obeying God, huh? just remember to remember <laughs> that God says it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay? Now, I, I shared with you all, right? Um, um, a couple in our church who's planning their marriage is going through a very difficult time. To give at their, mar- at their wedding, they want to give thanks to God at the dinner, but the, the father threatened, if you do so, I won't be at your wedding. If you do so, then you pay me back for everything that I've paid for your education. All right, so you're getting married. You imagine that. But what did Christ say? As long as you want to honor him, these things will happen. Then once you know that, it's okay. If you don't remember that, you will panic, you will fear, you will give in, and then slowly, slowly, you will give in more and more and more and you depart from God. Understand that? That's why Christ said, prepare yourself. That's all. Um, how many of you have gone through... No. Okay, some of us who have gone through army, I keep telling your brother, Shane, Shane, you are going to suffer. Shane, you are going to... Um, have muscle ache, Shane, you're going to be bullied, you're going to be um, all sorts of things, Shane, you are going to face that but Shane just expect it just go through it alright, so this Christ was preparing them, now question number three, alright, so for question three we read from 8 to 15, let's read the next um, the next part okay the next part, verse 8. And uh, 8 to 15. Let's all read properly together. Right? Ready? 8 to 15 reading. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. 
and he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take it of mine, and shall show it unto you. Okay, so now here, the Lord Jesus tells them about the Holy Spirit. Okay, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Um, we did this a little bit previously, but a quick revision. So, um, okay, can you stop question 3 and 4? Just change the number. We'll do question 4 first, alright, Anna? We'll do question 4. Let question 4 be number 3. Now, what did our Lord say regarding the Holy Spirit, uh, regarding what the Holy Spirit would do? Okay, can we just go do a quick revision? Now, this is what the Holy Spirit will do. Maybelline. What are the things that the Lord said the Holy Spirit will do? Verses 7 to 11. Name some. Verse 8 on it. Very good. Reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, right? Alright, so you can write in verse um, 8, that's one thing. Okay, that, then he's going to explain of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. And then verse, um, verse 13 to 15. Alright, Caleb? Nah, it's Caleb, it's you. Now, what does the Lord say? What does the Holy Spirit um, do? Verse 13 to 15. Let's see verse 13 first. What would the Holy Spirit do? He will? Anna, what will he do in verse 13? Verse 13. The truth, um, he will guide you into all truth. Okay, he will guide you into all truth. Alright, Caleb, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, in, into God's truth. Okay, that's another thing that he will do. Why, why do we say that? Because he will not speak of himself, so he will speak of Christ. Okay, guide him into all truth. And uh, verse 14, what else will he do? Um, what else will he do? Brian, verse 14. What will the Holy Spirit do? You shall glorify God. The, he shall glorify Christ, right? He shall glorify Christ. He will point men to Christ. Okay. So remember, we said what is one of the problem with the charismatic movement? They focus on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit talking about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit job on earth, his focus, Christ said, will always be to point men to Christ. Okay. So that is why. Um, this Holy Spirit that they keep promoting is not this Holy Spirit in the Bible. Understand that? Okay, the Holy Spirit is very grief. I'm not here to promote myself. I'm here to promote Christ. Hmm. Okay, so um, those are the things that the Holy Spirit will do. Now, I ask you this question. So he will convict the world of sin, especially from verse 7, eh? uh, verse 8. Reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now, remember the context. They were sad. The Lord says, don't be sad. Expect to suffer persecution. 
Then suddenly the talk, Lord talk about the Holy Spirit when He comes, He will convict men of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Why do you think the Lord told them these things? That's why I ask you question number four, which is now three. Why did the Lord, why did He say these things to the disciples? Hint, chapter 16, verse 6. Okay. So, why do you think the Lord was telling them that? Uh, Julia, you were nodding your head. Because um, <laughs> the disciples were concerned about facing um, persecution against the people that think they're doing God's service, but the Holy Spirit was going to show the truth. Very, very good. You get the answer? Because, they, now they were sorrowful because God says, go and do my work. But when you do my work, people won't believe you. You know how, how disheartening? I should go and do something and say, but no one will believe you. <laughs> In fact, they will kill you and think that they're doing God a favor, right? But he says, don't worry because the Holy Spirit will convict men of sin. You cannot convict men of sin. You say, you just go and preach the gospel. They receive or don't receive, don't worry, the Holy Spirit will work. Okay, that is exactly what, why he brought this up. In other words, it means this. Um, Cornelius, did you, uh, Caleb, did you go for, you went for street evangelism with us the last time, right? We're not to give out tracts. Yeah? Now, uh, when you go out and give out tracts, um, did anyone make fun of you or spit at you or throw your tract away? No. Alright, good. Because you're a little boy, so that's why I bring you along. <laughs> no one do that to you. <laughs> Right, sometimes as for adults, we do that. They, 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 they scorn at you, they scold you, they take the track, they throw on the floor in front of you, that kind of thing. Right, so sometimes you get disheartened and you say, I don't feel like doing it anymore. God says, no, don't worry, you just go, just do it. The Holy Spirit will work. He will do His part. They don't want to believe, they don't want to believe. All right, so don't get disheartened. So He said, don't worry, the Holy Spirit will, will help you. You are not the one who is doing it, it is Him. Who needs to um, work powerfully okay so and moreover in verse 11 because the prince of this world is judged even satan he is under god's control okay so he said don't be discouraged now so anna um jennifer are you discouraged that your friends they they don't like you because you don't do certain things like them sometimes they do right God says, don't be discouraged um, because what you do, the Holy Spirit will use that to work in their hearts. So maybe some of them will begin to feel, yeah, actually it's not good. Maybe some other parents will begin to feel, yeah, actually I don't want my child to do that. Then next thing you know, your piano class will have a lot of people. Right? We hope so. <laughs> okay? So, so instead of doing edu dance, because the parents spoke to the school, um, and the school now holds a piano class for them instead of edu dance. Okay. And then I think very soon all the other BPCWA children will also be in your class. <laughs> then it will be BPCWA church class. All right. And then they will laugh at this church. This is a strange church. You know, every other church children do that. But this is what the Lord says. They will, they will think that they're doing God a favor. Okay. Um, but the Lord says, don't be discouraged. All right. One day the Holy Spirit will work. Now, so that is why he said that. Now, question number three, which is four now. Okay, so you change number three to number four. All right, we do. Now, does verse 13 
Now, here is the part I'm asking you for revision. Eh? Okay, Shenrei, listen carefully. Does verse 13 mean that the Old Testament people were not guided by the Holy Spirit regarding God's truth? Now, because you read, now this is where a lot of Christians get confused. And this is where many churches also interpret scriptures wrongly and they say, the Old Testament people did not have the Holy Spirit to teach them. Because Christ said this in verse 13. Alright, Anna, you read carefully. Yeah? Now, verse 13 says, Now, how be it? What's the meaning of how be it? However, alright, or nevertheless, or but. Now, so however, when He, that is the Spirit of Truth is come, He, when the, Holy, when the Spirit of Truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. Now, they say, you see, the Holy Spirit has not come yet. The Holy Spirit will only come after Christ leave. So the Old Testament people, up to this point of time, do not have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has not come. And the Holy Spirit has not come. And Old Testament people, how did they understand scriptures? They were not really guided by the Holy Spirit. That's why they struggle. That's why they have so much problems in the Old Testament church. Old Testament. They were disobedient to God. Now that is their thinking. Someone preached at a pulpit before also. They said, oh, you see, that's why the Old Testament people, they don't have the Holy Spirit. And um, um, that's why they, they keep departing from God. Let me ask you one question. Do we depart from God? In our walk, very often we fall into sin, right? The church today, is it very pure? No. Is Israel very pure? No. They say Israel was not pure. They could not obey God because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Today, do churches obey God perfectly? Very well? No. Probably many churches are worse than Israel. Okay? So it, is, it has nothing to do with that. So now the question is, Shunrei, how do you answer this? So I challenge you, Shunrei, the spirit of truth has not come. It is only the New Testament, then we, we understand scriptures with the help of the Holy Spirit. Wait, wait. The beginning part. The Holy Spirit was? Did not? Though it's not as prominent as in the New Testament. Although it's not as prominent. But okay. Still, like, but it was still there. Yeah. <coughs> okay, good. And then there's a verse somewhere that says that Romans 8. Romans 8. No. Let's all turn to Romans 8. Alright, so your first answer is Romans 8. Okay. Romans chapter 8. Okay, now let's read verse 9 together. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Alright, um, Caleb, do you understand? This is the Old Testament. Huh? People like Abraham, Moses, and all that Old Testament. This is the New Testament the apostles, the New Testament church Christians, okay? Then we have the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit. Now, there are some people who do not believe that the Old Testament people, they have the Holy Spirit to guide them, okay? 
because they say Christ say when the spirit of truth is come is come means New Testament then the Holy Spirit will guide their thinking into all truth okay this is the question we are answering all right Caleb understand okay so now um, so how do you understand that shouldn't we God say Christ say how can you change Christ's word Christ say that the Holy Spirit is come when the Holy Spirit is come then he will guide them so you see he has not come yet this part but you say alright because you say in the Old Testament God did describe believers being filled with the Spirit who is able to build the things in the tabernacle so God did God say in the Old Testament people had the Holy Spirit guiding them, filling them with great knowledge they could make things in the temple that is so beautiful other people can't make it the Holy Spirit did occur did guide them in truth okay now the question did the Holy Spirit guide them in truth now you turn to Hebrews chapter 9 this is a less known verse Hebrews chapter 9 so you write down the proof that the Holy Spirit did work in Old Testament people and help them to understand scriptures is in Hebrews chapter 9 right, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 8 Hebrews chapter 9 verse 8 let's read together the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost this signifying the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing then verse 9 now which is a figure of time then present okay and so on now what is what is this verse saying now this is about the old testament sacrifices all right this this chapter was about the old testament sacrifices they burn animals and and all that they offer sacrifices to god all right caleb now so so now when the people were making sacrifices i don't know how to draw an animal then making sacrifice okay burn the animal and, and all that when they were making sacrifices do they understand what they're doing do they understand the truth of what they are doing many people say that all oh, the old testament people actually don't understand they just do all these things in fact they're saved by making sacrifices they're saved by obeying god perfectly okay and they say that oh okay so that is how they got saved they don't understand all these things they just got saved by that way but here god tells us what was in the mind what was in the mind of these old testament people as they were making sacrifices verse 8 the holy ghost this signifying the way into the holiest was not was not yet made manifest so when they were doing all these things the holy spirit signifying the word signifying means declaring to them okay explaining to them so god is saying that when they make sacrifices the old testament people it says that the holy ghost explain to their minds explain to them they understand did the holy spirit in the old testament guide the people into truth he did he did all right so so um so he did now that is one argument right hebrews what's just the other argument romans 8 was god says if anyone who don't have the holy spirit kill up with anyone or anna if any just now we read romans 8 if anyone do not have the holy spirit what does the bible say he is none of his 
means anyone who don't have the Holy Spirit, from Old Testament to New Testament, anyone who do not have the Holy Spirit is not a Christian. That is what God says. So two very clear reasons in the New Testament explaining the Old Testament to us also. Okay, so remember that. So I hope you are no longer confused, but I still want to challenge you. Alright, still with Shin Rei. Okay, I pick your brother now, Rei. Alright, so Rei, then what did Christ mean? Did Christ make a mistake or not? Should the disciples say, ah, Lord Jesus, hang on, actually Old Testament people also knew. Hmm, yes. Say again? Does it mean the completion of scripture? Um, what do you mean by that? And verse 14, he will? Glorify. Okay, so now, that, that, is, that is the crux of what Christ is saying. Now, they always knew the truth. But did they knew the truth extremely clearly in the Old Testament? Alright, they understand many things, but... When in the New Testament, they are going to understand it even, the New Testament people will understand it even more clearly. Did they see Christ die on the cross? No. But they have an idea. The Lamb of God. Lamb of God means, means Lamb of God for sacrifice means he's going to die. How he's going to die, three days arise and all that. They only have a rough idea, but they are very clear about that this sacrifice don't save them. Christ will save them. But exactly how, what will happen, it will be very clear for the disciples. Alright? Now, what will the disciples know? Christ said, I will go to the cross. Did these people, when they were sacrificing the lamb, know that Christ will go to the cross on this date? This they don't know. But just they know that God's son will die for them. But they are going to actually witness Christ on the cross. They are actually going to witness it. Did they get to witness Christ on the cross? No. But they know that this represents Christ going to die. Okay? Did they know exactly um, when Christ arose, the whole meaning of the death, the resurrection, they, have, they understood but they have a rough idea. Here they are going to see three days later, Christ arise, tomb empty, all the gospel truth coming very explicitly clear to them. Understand that? So when Christ says He will guide you into all truth, He is not saying they didn't have guidance from the Holy Spirit. He's saying that you, when I go to the cross, the Holy Spirit will reveal even more clearly to you all the things that you have been reading, you have been reading and I've been telling you, everything will now be so clear. He will guide you onto all truth. Understand? So when Christ said, I will guide you into all truth here, He's not saying that the Holy Spirit did not guide the Old Testament people. He's saying now the revelations is going to be even more clearer. Okay? Shenri, uh, alright? Hannah, alright? Okay, everyone taking notes. Okay, so now, the reason why over the last few weeks I keep explaining this to you because, let me ask you, Brenda, for example, when you read this, the Holy Spirit will guide you, when the Holy Spirit is come, and will will guide you. What's the impression you get? Something future. The Holy Spirit coming something future. Right? Something future. But that is not the case. Understand that? Okay? 
I hope uh, we understand that. Because the, um, the Baptists, um, the Presbyterians are very clear. It is, it is from Old Testament to New Testament, is a seamless continuation. Right? The Baptist belief is different. God worked Old Testament differently. God worked New Testament differently. God did not give Holy Spirit to Old Testament. God saved people in the Old Testament differently from God saved, how God saved people in the New Testament. That is not the case. Because of verses like that, they, they misunderstand, misinterpret, they end up like that. Because if you're really standing there and having this conversation, so that's why I keep talking about context to you, right? If you just read it with your thinking that what is the situation, what, what Christ was talking about, it's just a normal conversation. You will just get it. They will know that God is not saying that Holy Spirit didn't come. All the while, they're worried about what? What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to us, right? And Christ said, when, when, when I go to the cross, everything will be very clear to you. That's all he's saying. He's not saying that old people don't know and didn't have Holy Spirit. It's a confusing message. I hope it's clear. Alright, so I think the ladies and the gentlemen in front may not fully understand this, but I just need you to take away two things. In the Old Testament, did the people have the Holy Spirit, Veronica? The Christians, the true believers, did they have the Holy Spirit? Yes. Alright, Anna? Did the Old, in the Old Testament, did the Holy Spirit give understanding to the Old Testament people? Yes. Alright, Cornelius? In the Old Testament, if <laughs> Caleb, okay, next time I say that, I allow you to 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 to, to ridicule me again. All right. So now, in the in the Old Testament, if they don't have the Holy Spirit, are they Christians? No. no. Okay. So at least you are clear about that. All right. So now we move. So that so, um, but nevertheless, at this point, I want to say this. Christ was saying all this. The context they are said. They are afraid to go out to evangelize later, you know. They are frightened to know that they go out, they will be persecuted and people won't believe them, people will laugh at them and people will say, we kill you and we do God a favor. Now, why did God say all these things to them? He is saying that when, when that time comes, I want you to remember a few things. Number one, the Holy Spirit will do His work. Don't be discouraged. We said that already, right? Number two, he said, and the Holy Spirit will make things so clear to you, it will strengthen your faith. Because at this point, things are not very clear. Lord, you say you're going to die. Hey, hang on. Lord, we are following you. But you say you're going to die. Now, they, they will say, then why are we following you? Did we waste our last uh, three, four, five years of our life following you wrongly? Did we waste our time? Why did Christ want to talk about the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth? He will glorify me. Remember verse 14? He will glorify me. Why did the Lord want to tell them this? How does it encourage them? Okay, ask the more adult ones. All right. Ichung. Why, why did the Lord... Now, now we understand why He talked about the Holy Spirit working. So He said, don't be discouraged. Go out and evangelize. Alright? Don't get discouraged. Go out and evangelize. Then now he talked about the Holy Spirit respect to truth. He will show them, it will be clear in their mind. To comfort them and to encourage them to go and serve God. Go and live for God. Why? Why now he talk about Holy Spirit who will show you all truth? Because of the um, new ministry of the Holy Spirit? Now what would knowing this truth 
Now, all truth, and there's one particular truth about his death and his resurrection that's coming, right? What does knowing the truth that Christ will die, but he will resurrect? He will bodily resurrect. What does seeing this so clearly and understanding it so clearly do for their faith? Hundred marks. <laughs> All right. That is the point. Christ is not saying Old Testament, no Holy Spirit, and all those things. He's not talking about that. He firstly say, Go, Holy Spirit will help you. Two, when you when when I die and I resurrect, the Holy Spirit will show this truth so clearly to you that you too will resurrect. You don't need to fear death. What were they afraid of now? What did he just say? They will kill you. And think that God, they do God a favor, right? No. Right? You, you look, you look at chapter 16, verse 2. He said, The time cometh that whosoever killeth you. He said, You're going to be killed. Now, con- Caleb, <laughs> will you fear death if you know that after you die, you're not going to hell? After you die, you're going to heaven, and one day you have a glorified, sinless body, glorious body. Will you be afraid of death? Ask too young a boy. Alright, so probably not so frightening anymore, correct? Because you know you're going to heaven. Alright, you're going to heaven. Now, Christ told them all this is, is it true that some saw this and they did not accept it? Is it true? Who saw Christ die on the cross and got resurrected and actually tried to cover up? The Pharisees, right? Why the Pharisees? How to draw Pharisees? I don't know. What do Pharisees wear? Long robes, all right? Now, why do Pharisees? Now, why do? Okay, call the Pharisee, yeah? Now, why do Pharisees, who saw exactly the same thing as disciples, all right? Disciples were saints, all right? How? Why do the Pharisees can't understand and won't accept this? They both saw the same thing. Why this one will change? Why? Because? Um, Kenny, why? Okay. Pharisees saw Christ die on the cross, saw Christ resurrected. Christians saw Christ die, Christ resurrected. But one will believe and be encouraged and strengthened and will go on even more courageously. One will make sure that he cover it up. Why? Why one can see, one cannot see? Hannah? Loss of power. Huh? Oh, sorry. Loss of power. I was asking. Say again? Loss of power. Because Pharisee will lose of power. Uh, no, based on this context. Why these people can understand and can see? Uh, Hannah? Because, they, because of the Holy Spirit. Understand that. So Christ is saying, now the Holy Spirit is going to show you so clearly what other people cannot see or understand. And you can see, you can understand. When you see and you understand so clearly, you die, you're going to go to... You, because I resurrect, you also will resurrect. Be courageous. Don't be sad. Don't be afraid. Right? So understand this conversation now as you read the Bible. Now that is why Christ talks about... So Christ is not talking randomly. Eh? Uh, now I talk about this. Uh, I think I'll tell you about Holy Spirit. And This is a conversation that is going on. If you have purpose to um, comfort and to encourage and to... Uh, give strength to the disciples. Okay? 
Um, for the ladies and gentlemen in front, now, why can a Christian understand and believe in God and God's word will encourage you? while your friends who do not believe in God cannot understand and they do not like God's word. Why? It's because of the Holy Spirit. Alright, the Holy Spirit working in your heart. Understand that? That's the main thing we want you to understand. Okay? Alright. Okay. So now next. It's still looking blankly. Now, um, Okay, anyway, another proof uh, of the Holy Spirit did work in the people in the Old Testament and give them even give them fantastic truth. Can you think of any Bible verse? Isaiah chapter 11, two. Isaiah 11 2. Okay, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Wow, Caleb, you flip your Bible very fast. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Let's read together. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. Okay, so did the Holy Spirit guide work? Yes. Who wrote the Old Testament? The prophets, right? How did they write the Old Testament? What's that verse? Uh, Read. Do you understand? Do you remember? Second Peter, chapter one. Right. Let's turn to Second Peter, chapter one, so you can write down all this proof. And henceforth, when you read the Bible, you have no doubt. Second Peter. Um, chapter one, verse twenty-one. How do we get the Bible? Let's read together, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, reading, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, this is how we get the Bible. Verse 20 tells us about scriptures. How do we get the Old Testament scriptures? The Holy Spirit guided them into truth and they wrote it. Alright, so in... Um, we cannot argue against this truth. Now, next. Alright, so now the conversation moves on. Now the conversation moves on. Okay, now you try to understand. Huh? So now you're the disciple. You're, you're confused. Okay, maybe you read and then see whether you're confused or not. Now we continue. Um, verses, we read from verses, for the next few questions, verses 16 to 22. So when you read, you listen carefully, alright? So because I'm going to ask you a question. So they will understand clearly what the Lord was saying. 16 to 22. John chapter 16, verse 16 to 22. Now reading together. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that they saith unto us? A little while, ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me, because I go... Verse 18, They shall therefore... Why is this truth? A little while, we cannot tell what he saith. 
Now Jesus knew that they were resourced to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said, A little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me again. Uh, verse 20 and 20, 20 to 22 together. Verily, verily, I say unto ye, Weep and lament, and the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Verse 21, A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye know not therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Okay, so now this is the conversation. Now the Lord says, verse 16, A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. So they begin to say, right, Anna, do you understand what's happening? What is this little while? Just like the disciples, we begin to wonder, what is he saying? So the disciples spoke one to another, a little while, verse 17, a little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, you shall see me, because I go to the Father. What is this little while? Okay, so now, what do you think it is? Now, after he said this little while, little while thing, he said a few more things, right? You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Like a woman who gives birth to a baby, she's very happy when the baby comes out. Okay? So now, Hannah, what do you think this little while is? Our life on earth. Now, he's talking to the disciples. So this would not be something that he's telling people in general in the long term. Remember context. I always ask you to remember context. What is their context? The Lord, we begin in the beginning. Um, the Lord was going away. I was going away. And they say, Lord, please don't go away, right? Now he's going to say, a little while. A little while, you see me, then, um, then you will see me. And then I come again. And then a little while, and then I'm going to the Father. So how many little whiles are there? Two. What is the first little while? What is the second little while? The disciples could not figure it out. But the Lord will explain. The clue is in his explanation later. Shanri, what do you think the first little while is? First little while is he's going to the cross. Okay. First little while. Now, little while. A little while, the first one is, Shanri says, going to the cross. Okay, going to the cross. How do you know? In verse, verse 16. Okay, so because the context is about him being going to be crucified, so Shenre rightly um, understands it as I am going to be crucified, I'm going to the cross, and you're not going to see me. Right? So that's why it says, a little while you shall not see me, and again, a little while, and you shall see me. So what is the second one? And then, again, a little while, you shall see me. You will not see me for a time when I will be. You will be separated. I go to the cross, I'll be buried for three days. You're not going to see me for a little while. 
Then, after that, what is what happens uh, for Christ? Then he he resurrects, right, with a glorious body. He resurrects, right. How did he meet the disciples? With the resurrected body. Then he said, "For a little while you not see me, and then again a little while, and ye shall see me." Then you will now see my resurrected body. That's why he was talking to them about the cross and resurrection. Understand that? A little while, a little while. So the disciples could not understand then. Um, they wanted to know. They just talked among themselves. Now Cornelius, when they, uh, Caleb, I don't know what's wrong with me. Caleb, I'm sorry. I apologize. All right, Caleb. Now, did the disciples um, ask the Lord, Lord, what is this little while? They only talk to each other. All right, that they're whispering. Caleb. What is the Lord saying? Little while, little while. What is he saying? But the Bible tells us that in verse 19, and now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him a question. Okay, Jesus knew. Why do you think Jesus knew? We are whispering in a corner. How come the Lord Jesus know? Very good, because he is God. Right, Anna? How does the Lord know that we are whispering and we are talking about something we dare not ask him, but he knows? Because he is God. There is only what? Omni. <laughs> Omni? Very good. Omniscient. Omniscient. Alright, God knows all things. Alright, God knows all things. So God knows because He's God, right? That is why God knows. Alright, you want to ask me something? I'll tell you the answer. Now, in fact, uh, this, this is what they're saying. Can you, can you read verse 30? 30, 30, verse 30. Verse 30. Read together. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee, but this we believe thou art. Do you understand what he's saying? What do you think, Joshua? He means that any man, not that any man should ask thee. You know all things, and no man need to ask you. Yes. So this is he's talking about earlier on. So finally, after Christ tell them all these things, this little while, little while thing, then they say this, oh, now we know you are God. Nah? Like Caleb just said, he knows all things because he's God. He say, we wanted to ask you, we dare not ask you, but actually you knew and you just tell us the answer. That's what he's saying. Now, now we are sure that you know all things. You know what thing? You know, even when we, are, when we want to ask you something and dare not ask, you also know. You know all things, all right? And needest not that any man should ask thee. Means, we don't have to ask you, you also know already. And you will tell us the answer. Alright? And then they say, by this we believe that thou camest from God. They say, we know you are God. Okay? Alright? So that's what he meant. So now we continue. Now, there is a object, there is a spiritual lesson also from here. Now, how should this affect us? Alright, Samantha, what, what, by reading this, the Lord says to them, Think of my death that will save you. Think of my resurrection that will give you eternal life. Okay? Now, based on that, oh, actually, I give you the clue already. Now, versus, um, why do you think he now talk about um, verse 20, 
verse 22. Alright, verse 22. Let's read together. And ye now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy will take it away. Right? Christ is saying this. This whole little while, little while thing, eh? this whole little while, little while thing that Christ is talking about, there is an end result that he, they want, he want them to experience. What is that? What is that, what is that outcome that the Lord wants them to have? Knowing that He will not see them for a little while, but don't be so sad because a little while later, you will see me resurrected. What does He want to create in their heart? Strengthening of their faith, yes, but specifically in verse 22. Encourage them, but specifically something. Verse 22. What does he want their heart to have? From verse 22. Say again. Joy, because of the word rejoice. Right? Because of the word rejoice. Um, yeah, and then all of you are right to encourage him, encourage them. What do you want to say, Vincent? Their faith is not in vain, and all those things. But specifically was about rejoice. Rejoice. You can know your faith is not in vain, doesn't mean you're rejoicing. God encouraged you, you may be comforted. I'm comforted, but still very painful. You're not rejoicing. What God wants them to have is rejoicing. He said, I tell you all these things, because I want your heart to rejoice. Okay? Now, now I'll ask you this thing. Um, why did he say these things? We've covered that. Um, how should this affect you today? Alright? So, Samantha tells us that this, he wants us to have joy. Okay, so now I go to Mabel. Now, Mabel, schoolwork is very difficult. This year is going to be very tough. And being a Christian in school is going to be very difficult. You might, I think this year you're going to fall very sick. Then you wow, all these very difficult things that happened to me. And then you're going to be persecuted. People may want to kill you too. Alright? Now, all these things you hear. Then Christ say, you can rejoice. Can rejoice. But what is the thing that Christ want you to think about this little while little while thing this is about this little while little while conversation when you are sad when you're discouraged when you're fearful when you're when you're when you're persecuted when you're stressed when you're challenged at work in school what does christ say will help you rejoice think about what little while little while His death and His resurrection. Now, Christians, the Lord is telling the disciples this. My death, my resurrection, little while, little while, right? My death and my resurrection, when you think about this, must make your heart rejoice. Does that happen to you and I? I ask you the question in question number five now 
um, actually, I, I deleted the question. Now, what made you rejoice? Um, Brenda, what makes you rejoice? Extremely good results. A's, A plus. Um, health. Um, pocket money, lots of it. Now, most people get most people rejoice in these things, right? So, for some, it's like, um, all right, maybe you're a student. Well, life is very, very tough. And then your parents say, I'm going to put um, $20,000 in your bank account. All right? And it will be there. You won't lose it. Okay? Does that make our heart rejoice? Very often, well, it makes me very happy, right? And then the money is lost. The bank closed down. What happens to our heart? Very sad. And people tell you, or oh, oh, maybe one, some of us, one day we go for a blood test, come back, you got terminal cancer and you're going to die in three months. Okay? Then your heart sinks. Very sad. But God says that just think about my death and my resurrection, no matter what in life, this must bring us cheer. Understand that? Really? Why does thinking about this little while, we won't see him, and then we reminded that he died. He went and he died on the cross. Why does this, why should make everything else in life seem so small? There's nothing to fear is more his resurrection. Huh? So it's what? The death. Ah, the death. I'm talking about the death. Why this little while thing of my death? Little while you won't see me, but little while you see me. What does the death, why does thinking about Christ's death should make everything not important? Elaine? Very good. He bears our sin. He, bear, he bears all our sin. Um, Caleb, why did Christ go to the cross? To die for our sins. Alright? You got no money, no health, no A+. Okay? But your salvation is sure. Everything else fades away. It's different. Christ said, just think. Your salvation is sure. Your salvation is sure. So my friends, actually understanding that must bring courage to us, encourage us, and we have joy. But most of us, oh, the blood test result was wrong. Actually don't have cancer, I'm not dying in three months. Then we rejoice. Right? When we don't, when we think Christ, Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Okay? What about resurrection? The, the other little while, little while you're going to see me. What about that? Anna, 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 what does thinking about Christ, why does thinking about Christ's resurrection make us rejoice and anything that happens in life, really it's not that important in the light of Christ's resurrection? Um, 
can Yes, right? So because Christ is not dead, Christ is living. He is in heaven. His resurrected means we will also resurrect. When we, after we die, we have eternal life. We will not be dead forever, right? So can we change our life and thinking, value and treasure this? Whatever happens in life, don't think of how to get more, how to regain the money, how to regain this, how to regain that. Do what you need to do. But what you should, what should bring us joy and rejoicing in the heart is Christ's death and His resurrection. Right? Um, many hymn writers write wonderful hymns about this. The reason why we, these things don't cheer us is because our heart is here. Huh? Our heart is here. That's why we are like that. It's the saddest thing when you're in trouble, you have a lot of trouble, you persecution, or you're, you're, you're in debt or whatever, and then someone comes, to, comes and tells you, just remember the Lord died for you, He's resurrected, He's in heaven. It's very sad one day if a Christian say, so what? I have this problem. It's very sad. Christ was telling them the opposite. You can, be, you can die, you can be persecuted, because people can misunderstand you, but this little while. Why? Because you say, um, I will go away, I will come back. And when you have this, this joy, no man taketh from you. This one can be taken away from you, this one can be taken away from you, this one can be taken away from you. This one, set your heart on these things. This will always cheer you. Alright? Now, but did it happen? Okay, this is the last, last part. Did it happen? The Lord said, you will see me, then you will, you will not see me, then you will see me, and then you have joy, and this joy no one take away from you. Even when verse 1 and 2 happen, people persecute you, people kill you, people say all manner of evil against you, it will not affect you. Did it happen? How do you know? Pentecost. Alright, turn to Acts. Pentecost. Acts is one example. Okay, now what happened at Pentecost? Now, the group of people in Acts chapter 2, for example, the group of people that killed the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Peter, who ran away from them, who denied the Lord, now he stands before the same people who killed the Lord Jesus Christ. Was he fearful? He was not fearful, right? He was very courageous and he preached the gospel to them without fear. So, did it happen? Was if did, did, did the understanding that the Lord Jesus Christ arose? Did Peter see the Lord Jesus Christ arise? He saw him, and that changed Peter. He was no more afraid of death. Before that, um, Anna, or Anna, when the Lord Jesus was being um, questioned by Pontius Pilate and, 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 and all, Peter denied the Lord how many times? Three times. Um, Jennifer, when Peter denied the Lord, um, at least the first time, um, second time, third time, in this denial, who was he afraid of? Anyone remember? Hannah? A girl. A maiden. A girl. 
It was not a Roman soldier. It was not a group, a mob. It was just a girl, a young girl. Peter was probably stronger than her uh, as being a fisherman. But he was so afraid, he would deny Christ three times. But after he saw clearly, remember, the Holy Spirit will bring, guide them into all truth. When he understands the death and the resurrection so clearly now, it becomes real in his heart. Instead of fearing a little girl, Peter stood before thousands of people. And the very people that crucified Christ was in it. Maybe that maiden was in it also. Was Peter afraid? No longer. Why? Why? Because, simply because this became so clear to Peter. Understand that. My Christian friends, did it happen? Yes. Um, some more other verses. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. Okay, let's um, read together. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. You see, the Christians suffered much for believing in God's word. You read there, right? You became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word, received the word in much affliction. Believing in God ended up with them being persecuted. Many of them were thrown out of families. Many of them were threatened. You become a Christian, I'm not going to let you sleep under the roof. So many of them end up on the streets. End of their education. End of everything. Right? Young people, old people, maybe grandmother believed, thrown out of the house. Maybe teenager believed, thrown out of house. No more school. So you, re just, you receive the word with much affliction, but what? Um, let's read those words um, together. In much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost. Did it happen? It happened. And many other verses which we have no time to, to go through. All right, if you want, you can write down and go back and read also Romans. Let's turn. That's the last one and then we finish. Romans chapter 15, verse 33. Romans chapter 15, verse 33. Did Christ's promise happen? Romans 15, verse 33. Now, hang on, I got the wrong way. Um, okay, no, that is for another part. Oh, yeah, that's for another part. I think I copied the wrong verse. But anyway, in, very often in Paul's greetings, in Paul's greetings, he actually talked about the Christians striving, the Christians suffering, and they were rejoicing. Right? Can you think of them rejoicing when they were persecuted, when they were in the prison? They sang hymns, right? So, now, the whole point that I want to say is this. Christ promised them this. When they focus on this, they could live their Christian life. Okay? Now, what's the application for us today? So far, you see the conversation is about this. The disciples were afraid to live a Christian walk that is 
courageous, that is obedient at all costs. They were afraid. And they were afraid that Christ is not with them. Right? So Christ promised them the Holy Spirit. Christ promised them that, you say, you live this life, the Holy Spirit will help. And when you're very discouraged, remember these two things. Hmm? But what is the whole point? What is the first verse? I ask you, what is the word offended? Brenda, what is the word offended? <coughs> Tripping to the point of wanting to leave. Very good. That was his beginning of the conversation, right? And he's trying to tell them this. You will have the temptation when you want to walk an obedient, holy life, there is a temptation to give up. And just, I just be this ordinary, compromising Christian. There's a temptation to give up. But he says, don't. Because when you think of this thing, it will help you. Uh, is any one of us saying that holy, godly, obedient Christian walk, living for Christ and putting the kingdom of God first, seeking God's kingdom first, living um, that kind of life, you say, too difficult. I think I'd be a nominal Christian who just fade in the background. Christ says, don't think of such a life. He told the disciples, this is the life that I save you for. My death, my resurrection must spur you on. You think, you become the most famous person on earth, so what? Think of in heaven. If you are not famous, you can be famous, doesn't matter. All right? If God wants you to be famous, you'll be famous. But if you spend all your life trying to achieve something, so what in heaven? But if you live a life that is for Christ, you study His Word, you serve Him, young, um, spend your time with Him, you may not do so well in school, you may not become rich, all right? But you say, think of resurrection. What matters? The things of the world go strangely dim. Understand that? Please remember if the Lord wants you to be successful, you will be successful. You just do your part. You just put God's kingdom first and you do your part. If God don't want you to be successful, you can do whatever you want, it's not going to happen. You just do your part. I'm not asking you to be a lazy student to ignore your studies. You do your part. But don't say, I must only get A plus and, and all that. Just do your part. Understand that? Okay? Think of the cross. Christ died for you. He redeemed you with His blood. We belong to Him. Think of eternity. Doesn't matter. How long is eternity? Infinite. Right? How long is life on earth? How long do you think you live? I won't ask you. How long do you think you live, Brian? Maybe 90 years compared to this. So the Lord says, think of resurrection, eternity. This will spur us on not to live the nominal Christian life. What was the context before this? Remember the whole context? This is an ongoing conversation. Um, Hannah, do you remember? He said, I save you because I want you to achieve, I want you to have this kind of life on earth. What, what is it? Do you remember? It was about a tree, Anna. Is it called a tree? And then? Huh? Yes, a vine. And then? To bear? To bear much fruit. Christ said, I save you to bear much fruit. This was that conversation. 
I want you to bear much fruit. Don't be afraid. Don't shrink back. Don't be tempted to be offended. Press on, live that Christian life. I will help you. Focus on this. That is a conversation, understand? So now see, you tie the whole conversation together, you talk about fruits, then you talk about this. Don't live a fruitless life. Okay, let us pray.